again, and welcome to episode 91 of Bee Boomer Unleashed. This week, we're going to take a final look at eating habits through the decades and why they're important. I'm Jerry Lake, the Unleashed Baby Boomer, and I'll be your host for today's episode and all the episodes of Bee Boomer Unleashed. But before we get into today's episode, let me remind you, as always, where you can find our podcast. You can always find us at bboomerunleashed.podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play at bboomerunleashed. You can find us on iHeartRadio at b.boomerunleashed. You can find us on Facebook, Spotify, and Instagram. You can find the link there at bboomerunleashed. You can find our link on Twitter at bboomerunleashed1. And as always, we encourage you to drop us an email and that email address is bboomerunleashed at gmail.com. Once again, that's bboomerunleashed at gmail.com. Give us your suggestions, your comments, your criticisms, and if you'd like to be a guest on the Bee Boomer Unleashed podcast, then let us know what you'd like to talk about, and we'll do our best to get you on the show. Well, today we're going to take a final look at uh, the eating habits through the decades and why those might be important to us. Uh, last several episodes, we've been uh, covering some different topics relating to that. Back in episode 86, if you missed that one, we uh, talked about our how our eating habits had changed throughout the years and how back in uh, baby boomer days, we ate most of our meals at home. Eating out was a treat, something you very rarely did. We uh, ate at home. Mom usually was the chief cook and bottle washer, so to speak. And she cooked a uh, healthy dinner for us and all good home cooking. And we all sat around the table at dinner time and ate together as a family. And uh, eating out was something you did maybe when you were on vacation or uh, for a special occasion, someone had a birthday or an anniversary, and you did that. But it wasn't a recreation. Today, uh, we talk about uh, recreational eating. And prior to my uh, heart blowing up on May the 3rd, I was one of those recreational eaters. I love to eat. I am a foodie. I am a foodaholic. And we'll talk about that a little more as we go on. But... Uh, Back then, it wasn't a recreation. It's something you did as a special occasion. Um, And today, some people eat every meal out. They never eat at home. They never get anything home cooked. Then in episode 87, we talked about some really unhealthy food choices. If you remember back, uh, according to the USDA, uh, we should be looking at, males should be looking at about a 2,000-calorie diet um, on a daily basis, and um, the following nutrition uh, elements of that diet were listed as carbohydrates, about 130 grams of carbohydrates. That sounds like a lot, but you get to counting up slices of bread and uh, um, candy and potatoes and all these different things that we like that have carbohydrates in them, then you go through 130 grams of carbohydrates pretty quickly. They're looking at at least 20 grams of fiber per day, no more than 400 grams of fat, 400 grams of fat, no more than 100 grams of saturated fat, no more than 2,300 milligrams of sodium, 
and no more than 300 milligrams of cholesterol. Well, you just have to read labels a little bit. And we went through and we talked about some unhealthy food choices. Some of these fast foods that we go through the drive through and pick up, well, you might have that whole daily allowance in one sandwich. Um, you know, sodium is the big thing, and we talked a lot about that on that episode, how sodium is uh, very difficult to control if you eat out. Uh, because, you know, even when you go to a good restaurant and you sit down and you order, you really don't know how much sodium is in that food. So that's one other good reason to uh, make uh, healthy meals at home. Then in episode 88, we took a look at uh, healthy food choices, and we talked with a dietitian and certified cardiovascular and diabetes educator there at St. Mary's Medical Center in Huntington, Cheryl Rittinger. And uh, Cheryl gave us some healthy options, some things that might be better than some of the choices that we were making. And uh, she indicated that sodium was a big problem many of these things and cholesterol and carbohydrates and you know it's so easy to go through that drive-through window but you can't live on a diet of that without expecting health issues and uh, she gave us some suggestions for healthier eating choices and if you're interested in looking at some of those you can go back to episode 88 and uh, take a uh, listen to some of those healthier uh, food choices. Then in episode 89, we uh, interviewed exercise physiologist Cindy Gibson. And Cindy uh, works with me down in cardiac rehab on my cardiac rehab exercise program there at St. Mary's Medical Center in Huntington. And Cindy gave us some tips about exercises we can add to that heart-healthy diet that uh, uh, Cheryl was talking about to make us feel better, have more energy, and maybe even live a little longer. And uh, we uh, had a great uh, time there with Cindy on that broadcast. And that's episode 89. So if you want to listen to what Cindy had to say about adding a little exercise, uh, and and she says, you know, we baby boomers, you know, we're not looking to bulk up. You know, we're looking to just keep ourselves toned, keep our uh, heart healthy, Uh, by uh, doing those uh, not only cardio exercises but exercises to keep our body toned and that can there's a lot of chair exercises you can do you can do light free weights Uh, you don't have to go buy a lot of expensive machinery or you don't have to get a gym membership you can do a lot of that stuff right in the privacy of your own home and cindy tells us about that then uh, in our last episode uh, episode 90 we talked with uh, our food service director for Cabell County Schools, Ms. Rhonda McCoy, about healthy eating in schools. And we talked about, you know, back in boomer days, uh, we got all home-cooked meals. And then for a time there, it was uh, open and heat meals. You had pizza in a box or beans in a can or whatever. And uh, now here in Cabell County, uh, they've gotten back to a lot more um made-from-scratch type items. They even make their own salad dressing. They make, you know, a lot of things from scratch. Now, when the pandemic hit, that kind of changed a few things. And, uh, of course, it's um, hard, you know, when you're sending meals home to kids to send them hot, steamy, piping, hot, fresh-cooked 
meals. Sometimes they get a, a frozen entree or something that they've made in the cafeteria, but then they've frozen it and they send it home. So, you know, those things are, are very uh, real challenges that our food service people have today. But uh, uh, Rhonda and her crew there in Cable County do an outstanding job. And uh, my hat's off to all the food service directors around the state and around this country because this COVID business is a real challenge to them. So, Jerry, why this discussion? Why this discussion on healthy eating habits and making wise choices? Well, most of you know, you know, it's no secret back on May the 3rd, uh, my heart uh, failed and I ended up having uh, four bypasses an aortic valve replacement, and an aneurysm repaired on my left ventricle. And I praise God that he had his hand on me, and he wasn't quite done with me yet. So he let me live to fight another day. And every day that the sun comes up, I'm thankful to God for that extra day that he has given me because I could have very easily died uh, on May the 3rd. It would have been a very easy thing to happen. A lot of people, you know, and we baby boomers, you know, I remember um, growing up and my parents would get the newspaper out and the first thing that they would turn to would be the obituary page. And I used to think that was unusual. Why don't they go to the sports page or the comics page or the front page or whatever? They would immediately go back and look at the obituaries. Well, I kind of understand that now because it seems like nearly every week I have a, an old friend that I went to high school with or a, an associate that I've known for many, many, many years who have passed away. And um, that's just sad. But, you know, as you get older, it becomes a fact of life. Now, death isn't reserved for our younger listeners out there. Death isn't reserved just for old people. Lots of young people die, too. And uh, But God's in control of that thing, and I thank God that he spared my life. But had I paid attention to a heart-healthy diet and getting the proper amount of exercise over the years, you know, I might be telling a different story right now. So let's just take a look at why this is important. And we'll take a look at a few things here, and then we'll... Uh, Move on to something else next week, and we'll tell you a little bit about that at the end of this podcast. But as of 2018, 2018, 30.3 million U.S. adults were diagnosed with heart disease. Uh, That's a bunch of people. Every year, now think of this, every year about 647,000 Americans die from heart disease. Those folks who weren't as fortunate as me, now my chances are pretty good that when I do die, whether that's today or next week or next month or 10 years from now, it might be heart-related. But I'm going to do everything I can to keep that from uh, progressing and and getting worse. Um, But as of 2018, 30.3 million adults diagnosed with heart disease, and every year 647,000 Americans die from heart disease. That makes heart disease the leading cause 
the leading cause of death in the United States. Not cancer, not car wrecks, not suicide, but heart disease, the leading cause of death in America. You know, during this pandemic, we have shut the entire nation down and focused all of our uh, attention, if you will, on this COVID-19 and trying to come up with a cure. Not saying that's not serious. Certainly it's serious. It's very serious. But in the United States, we've had about 200,000 deaths related to COVID, and depending on whose statistics you look at, it might just be a fraction of that who actually died of COVID, but other people had underlying factors involved. Well, as a matter of fact, when I went in the hospital with my heart failure, I had to have a COVID swab before they would agree to do surgery on me. Now, fortunately, I tested negative, and they did the surgery. But had I tested positive, they probably would have refused to do the surgery or at least put it off for 14 days or whatever. And the chances were real good I would have died in the meantime. And you know what? They would have chalked that up to COVID. They would have chalked it up to COVID. So we really don't know what that number really is, do we? But we do know that 647,000 Americans die every year from heart disease, making it the leading cause of death in the United States. Heart disease causes one out of every four deaths. Imagine that, one out of every four deaths. Now, now I'm talking about heart disease. Understand heart disease manifests itself in many different ways. You know, it doesn't always have to be a heart attack. It could be, you know, um, arteriosclerosis. It could be... Um, you know, uh, rhythm problems with your heart. It could be a lot of different things uh, fall under the category of heart disease, but it's the leading cause of death in the United States of America. Now, let's look at the top causes of death in the United States of America, and you'll see how this really puts heart disease in a category almost by itself. Now think of this. 647,457 heart disease. Now cancer ran a close second, 599,108. So heart disease and cancer by far are the two leading causes of death. Accidents, unintentional injuries, car wrecks, falling down the steps, 169,000. Lower respiratory diseases, 160,000. Those stroke 146,000, Alzheimer's, 121,000, diabetes, 83,000, influenza and pneumonia, 55,000, nephritis, nephrotic syndrome, and nephrosis, 50,000, and intentional health self-harm or suicide, 47,000 people. So compared to those other numbers, heart disease is huge. The only one that even comes close to it is cancer. Now, understand that diabetes is a real indicator. It really increases a person's chance of having heart disease. Uh, More than 100 million, now think of this, 100 million U.S. adults are now living with diabetes or prediabetes, and that's uh, according to a report that was just released recently by the CDC. 
The report finds that 30.3 million Americans, 9.4% of the population, have diabetes. Now think of that. Think of that. They have really full-blown diabetes. 100 million have diabetes or prediabetes. Prediabetes means you're just on that borderline and you're getting ready to cross over, and, and that's what we would call type 2 diabetes, not one that you're born with, juvenile diabetes, but type 2 diabetes that is really very preventable. So some of the risks of heart disease that we can actually have some control over. Now, understand, God's in control of everything. Some people have heart disease because it's hereditary. Sometimes you just can't overcome genetics. We can do everything we can to, to help that along, but sometimes you just can't overcome genetics. But here are some of the major risk factors that we actually have some control over to help us not to be diagnosed or with heart disease or to have uh, a heart attack or have to have bypass surgery or whatever, smoking. I can't imagine why anybody today smokes. I just don't get it. But if you're a smoker, your risk for heart disease is a whole lot higher. Then high LDL or bad cholesterol, you know, the high cholesterol numbers, and you all know what cholesterol is, and the low HDL or the good cholesterol. So a lot of people are on cholesterol meds today, but if your cholesterol is uncontrolled, you're just a heart attack waiting to happen. Uncontrolled high blood pressure. Blood pressure is a silent killer. Let me tell you, blood pressure will kill you. So you need to check your blood pressure. You can get a blood pressure cuff over at Kroger's or uh, CVS or someplace. For a very inexp- They're very inexpensive, and you can check your blood pressure. And as we get older, we baby boomers, as we get older, we need to check things like our blood pressure and our oxygen content. And, you know, I check my sugar levels several times a day. But you need to Keep track of that blood pressure. Make sure it doesn't get out of control. And don't just poo-poo it off as nothing. It's a real killer. So you got to be careful about that. Uh, physical inactivity. Keep being a couch potato. we got to get up and move. Now, if you're like me, you don't like machines. I don't like them. Now, I've lost over 40 pounds. I've gone down from size 44 waist pants to size 38. And I feel great. But I do not recommend going through heart bypass surgery as a weight loss program. I just don't recommend that at all. So take care of it before beforehand. But physical inactivity, and you need to get out, and you need to walk, and you need to be active. Now, at Cardiac Rehab, which I don't really care for, I love the people there who work with me, but, you know, you're on a treadmill, a rowing machine, a stair-stepper, you know, a stationary bicycle, free weights, all this stuff. But you don't have to do all that. That's not saying it's bad. It's good, and I've, I've really benefited from it, but you've got to get up and move. You can't veg out on the couch and expect to live a, live a long, healthy life. You just can't do it. So physical inactivity, obesity. If we've got a body mass index greater than 25%, that's a problem. That's a problem. Uh, uncontrolled diabetes. You know, that diabetes, you know, people just 
take that with a grain of salt. Well, I'll take some medicine. I'll take me some metformin or insulin or something. It'll be okay. No, diabetes will kill you. Uncontrolled stress, depression, anger, those things will get to you. You say, oh, I just blow off the handle. You know, I just get so angry. Well, let's calm down. Calm down a little bit. Well, why is diabetes such a big deal? Well, over time, high blood sugar can damage blood vessels and the nerves that control your heart. And people with diabetes are more likely to have other conditions that raise our risk for heart disease, too. Like uh, high blood pressure increases the force of blood through your arteries and can damage your artery walls. You know, your plumbing at the house is made to withstand 60, 80, 90 pounds of pressure. You know, you run 300 pounds of pressure through those copper pipes on your house and you might be blowing holes in it. Well, that's the same way with your arteries and your blood vessels. They're designed by God to withstand so much pressure. And when our blood pressure gets higher, it's you're apt to rupture one of those and it could be a problem. Um, the cholesterol that we talked about, high triglycerides, uh, all of these uh, are problems, but none of them really have any symptoms. You don't know that you've got diabetes. I didn't know I had type 2 diabetes till I was diagnosed. I didn't know I had high blood pressure till it was diagnosed. You can just be walking along fat, dumb, and happy and all at once. Wham! And what happened? Well, you had high blood pressure. You know, you had a stroke, whatever. So you got to watch out for that. So, you know, smoking is a problem, being overweight or being obese, not getting enough physical activity, eating a diet high in fat, you know, those fast food drive throughs uh, trans fat, cholesterol, and too much salt. Put the salt shaker down. You know, the government is, you know, they want us all to wear a mask for this pandemic. And, oh, we jump right in line for that. Oh, I don't want to. And wearing a mask, I heard a guy say the other day, wearing a mask to prevent COVID-19 is like using a chain link fence to keep the mosquitoes out of your yard. It just doesn't work. But I wear a mask because they recommend we do it. And I don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, just jump right in lockstep and wear these masks, but we won't even set the salt shaker down when we know that's going to kill us. We won't uh, limit ourselves to a heart-healthy diet, even knowing that if we eat this stuff, it's going to kill us. Drinking too much alcohol is a problem. Now, I'm fortunate in that area. I don't drink at all. I haven't had a drink of anything stronger than a Diet Pepsi since 1972. And I shouldn't have had a drink then, but I did a little bit. I never did drink to excess. But back in college, like a lot of stupid kids do, they uh, mess with alcohol a bit. But uh, people with diabetes, we guys with diabetes, are more likely to have heart failure. Hey, I'll, I'll attest to that. <laughs> I have type 2 diabetes and I also had a heart failure. So, uh, you know, and diabetes, uh, you know, some of those symptoms uh, that manifest themselves, heart disease, you know, if your legs swell up, you're retaining fluid, you know, um, shortness of breath. You know, I didn't have any of the classic symptoms when I had my heart attack. You know, I didn't have any arm pain. I didn't have any chest pain. I didn't have an elephant sitting on my chest. 
I had a symptom, but I was too stupid to understand it. And you say, well, what was that symptom? Well, I'd get out and walk, and I'd have to take a break every once in a while. I wouldn't be able to breathe. I'd get short of breath. And I'd say, whew. But you know what? I just chalked it up to being too fat and too old. Well, I was too fat. Wasn't anything I could do about how old I was. That was between my mom and my dad. But, uh, you know, I was too fat. But that underlying cause of that shortness of breath, although the fat led to it, it was my heart was blocked off and I wasn't getting enough oxygen, so I had to take a break. So if you're one of these folks who get out there, and, whew, man, whew, man, I'm getting a little short of breath. Whew. You know, you don't have any pain. You don't have anything like that, but you're a little short of breath when you shouldn't be. You know, you get out of the car and walk from the car to the grocery store, and you got to rest five minutes before you go in and do your grocery shopping. You say, whew, and you avoid activities like going to museums or going on hikes or something because, man, you just know that it's going to be. You know, when when you do that, there might be an underlying cause. Your heart might be about ready to fail on you. So if you've got any of these underlying factors, if you smoke, if you're overweight, if you're diabetic, if you're eating too much fat, too much sodium, if you're drinking too much alcohol, any of these things increase your risk for a heart failure. And I'm telling you, I would not rec- I would not wish this on my worst enemy. And even though I've made some lifestyle changes since then, uh, which have been good for me. Like, say, I've lost over 40 pounds. I've dropped from size 44 pants down to 38s, and maybe I'll see 36 someday. Maybe I won't. But I've made lifestyle changes that have been good, but I wish, I wish I'd made those lifestyle changes 40 years ago. If you're not to the point I was, it's not too late. Go to your doctor. Get online, look up heart-healthy diet. Anybody should be on a heart-healthy diet of some kind. If you're short of breath, if you're having trouble, if you're winded every time you turn around, go to your doctor and say, you know, I just can't catch my breath anymore. Let them check you out. Don't make the trip to St. Mary's or any other hospital in the back of an ambulance. Walk in under your own power and say, hey, I'm not feeling too good. Go to your doctor and say, you know, I'm short of breath. Or, boy, you know, I've just gained a lot of weight. I need to let some, get some of this off, you know. Do that. Do that. And I pray that you live long and prosper. <laughs> but uh, that's enough about that. I'm not going to sit here and lecture everybody on on being in a heart-healthy diet and getting enough exercise and that kind of thing, because I didn't appreciate it back in the day when somebody did that to me. But maybe you're smarter than I am. Maybe you're smart enough to listen and say, you know, maybe I ought to listen to what this old boy whose heart blew up that lived to tell about it. Maybe I ought to listen to him, and maybe I ought to do a little research on my own and try this heart-healthy diet business with the right amount of exercise. Well, I appreciate you being with us uh, today. It wouldn't be uh, much fun if you weren't here uh, long to uh, share with us in these podcasts. Uh, As I've said many times, this show is not a political show. It's not. We're not Glenn Beck or Rush Limbaugh uh, or Sean Hannity. We don't try to do that. We're not heavily 
into politics. I have told everybody I approach all my subjects from a conservative Christian standpoint, and I will continue to do that, and I will not make any apologies for it. But we're real close to Election Day here, so the next episodes leading up to the election and maybe the episode immediately following the election, we're going to talk about elections through the decades and talk about some former presidents, some of the good things that they did, some of the bad things. And we'll talk about events that are leading up to this election and what we should be concerned about. If you're not interested in politics, just don't tune in. You won't like it. Uh, But I'm not going to try to tell you in these podcasts who to vote for. That's up to you. But I will encourage you to vote, whether you're going to vote Democrat, Republican, Independent, whether you're going to vote for Trump, uh, for Biden, for Clifford, the big red dog. You know, it doesn't matter to me. You just need to get out and vote and exercise that constitutional right. And we're going to talk about how that voting and the election of presidents and uh, talk about that election process down through the ages. And I think you'll find it to be an interesting uh, topic. I hope you do. I know I have. Well, I better pull a plug here because uh, that's about all the time we have for today. I look forward to seeing you again next week here on Be Boomer Unleashed. But until then, have a great week and may God bless each and every one of you. Goodbye. Thank you.